Welcome back to The Underdogs, a podcast dedicated to covering the twists, turns, laughs, and tears of the Emmy award-winning Apple TV series, Ted Lasso. Look, Diamond Dogs, mount up, because you know what we do in each and every episode. We give you a little bit of a a snippet, a teaser, a three-word episode review. We get into what happened on the pitch. What happened off the pitch? It bounces based on what happens in each episode. Let's talk about the main theme. We give you a little bit of trivia to keep you on your toes. And then, of course, we crown the winner of the episode known as Winner Winner Football Dinner. So let's just jump into it. Well, before we do that, we are covering Season 3, Episode 9, La Locker Room Au Foie. Is that right? Follet. Uh, look, I, I don't speak French, unfortunately. I don't either. Ah, Uh Anyways, after taking a sad song and making it better in episode eight, the good vibes eventually flow in an absolutely classic episode of Ted Lasso. And if you want to impart good vibes upon us, uh, here are a couple of free suggestions. Engage with us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, and if you could leave a five-star review, that would be an incredible thing to do. We've had a couple more come in over the last week. And it's been awesome. So uh, thanks to everyone who's, who's joined over the last couple of weeks. The, the numbers have really picked up. And uh, yeah, definitely excited to, uh, to get into this one. Well, I think we can go ahead and kick it off per usual with our uh, three-word episode review. Uh, and I, I, I'll take this one. I put on the up. Seemed like everybody that appeared in this one, wherever they started, they ended about three, four steps above where where that where that was because everybody had a good day out on this one, bar maybe one person, which we'll touch on. But literally, everybody had a character party. Dan, what about you? Shades of support because we got to see the different faces and ways that support can be really, really positive and also really, really negative under one umbrella of support. Nick, uh, easy one for me. Coming out party. Uh, this is uh, kind of the theme of the episode, but uh, you you could use that in many different ways for many different characters who kind of broke their uh, broke their bad streaks. All right. Well, um, before we jump in, we, you know the the strike is still going on. Nick, relevant to this show at this point in history, is it not? Of course, uh, our very own Roy Kent, uh, Brett Goldstein, has been out on the picket lines in L.A. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, who. Uh, is of community fame, uh, was also out with him. I know that Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt and the whole cast were out uh, in the in the picket line as well with, with most of the writers. So uh, just, you know, keep those guys lofted up. They need to make a living. Everyone's trying to have AI write for them. I don't think that's going to be the best uh, choice moving forward. So good luck. Also, Dan, your favorite Eurovision, Hannah, l- let it. Look, uh, maybe not as good as the movie uh, version of the show. Netflix (laughs) definitely did a good job with that one. Uh, Hannah Waddingham hosted or uh, was a participant on the latest episode of Your Vision, which is really exceptional. And, uh, you know, if you don't know, it's effectively like what was the... I mean, America, we're getting an American version of it. It is going to pale in comparison to the original item, um, but launched bands uh, such as ABBA in the, in the past. Uh, you may have heard of them or you may have heard of a version of their song uh, overlaid in a TikTok, TikTok sped up. But yep. uh, yeah, she, she killed it, which is uh, no surprise. So uh, I guess you could go find somewhere to watch that uh, across the World Wide Web if you need a little bit of Ted Lasso characters in real life or Ted Lasso actors in real life. 
All right. And then last, we just want to let you know the structure of this episode. Pretty much just going to run it top to bottom because, well, I mean, honestly, a lot, lot happened and is very much intertwined. So we're going to kick it off with on and off the pitch, a.k.a. the football stuff and the workplace stuff. We opened the episode with a delight of a training demo. There are even more fans watching training than a couple of episodes ago, and the football is flowing to the tune of anybody. Go ahead, Brandon. You can, mm, you can yeah, do Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> La cage off yes. Sure. <laughs> we're we're going to just get slated in the comments here, but you know, you know what goddamn song it is. Come on. Anyways, we have a nice little back and forth between Roy and Ted. Uh, it, well, I guess Beard's in there too, Dan. A little bit of banter from the coaching staff. Well, Roy getting in there with just talking about how he's trying to be less stuck in his fucking ways, indicating that it was nuts to change the philosophy and play. And then both Ted with the butt and Beard with the butt, because this is a butt comment that he is making, but it's fucking great. And you know, Beard has the nice comment too about uh, not having seen as many uh, 22 dudes having this good a time on grass since I saw Grateful Dead jamming with the Black Crows and Fish, which is quite the cacophony of sound. Right. So I felt like that comment was made for my old creative director, Tug Mutai, who I know is going to listen to this. Uh, Ted goes, ooh, I bet that was a tight show. It was a mess, but they had fun. That is uh, That was basically for you, Tug. I like that. Uh, by the way, did a little pronunciation research because this is going to haunt me all episode. La cag au fol. So, yeah, hey, just, just like I said. And if this isn't the theme of the show, then I don't know what it is. They are a mess, but they're having fun. So after Isaac scores a pile driver of a goal in training, the team celebrates with him. Colin tries to celebrate with them, but Isaac blows him off. It appears that their riff from the end of episode eight will not go away quickly. Roy classically yelling, whistle, whistle, that's half, great job. Woo, you hear that? Roy said y'all did a great job, and Beard faints. Again, just taking the piss is the official term uh, on a training pitch. Why did we not get the straight-on shot of Beard falling over? Because we missed that. Uh, that was in the uh, the Season 3 trailer. I would have liked to see that uh, because it's it's Beard doing just some physical comedy acting. Different camera angle for the final cut. So uh, after training, Colin asks Isaac if he wants to grab a beer and talk. Isaac very standoffishly says no. Colin is clearly pretty concerned about this. And what if Isaac is homophobic? What if they can't be teammates anymore? What if he's outed? All of it is just really, really tough. But then, Dan, we spin it, right? Ted popping into Rebecca's office. Got to deliver the biscuits, but he has a couple other questions as well. Well, not only does he deliver the biscuits for Rebecca, but he also brings Keely a box of biscuits. But in this case, the only dough there is some pounds because he wasn't aware that she was going to be there and he needed to provide some biscuits to her. But we learn in this that Keely has maybe, quite possibly, text-bombed Jack little too frequently since the separation and so i think that is maybe where nick i think you made the point here that it's effectively like ted to rebecca at a in amsterdam because boy oh boy there were a lot of unanswered at least they were still blue so we know that like didn't get blocked didn't change the phone number they were going to the right person 
just not being answered. Yeah. And they're obviously, you know, Rebecca's consoling Keely and, and Ted walks in. He says, when girl talk turns into girl hug, you know, that means something's horribly some, something that's horrible happened or absolutely nothing at all. Um, and, you know, this is this is what it is. I mean, he's he's a part of the team. This is not the first time he's walked in on on those two Gabin and and having an interesting time. But it's pretty clear that at that point, Keely and Jack are no more and uh, they're trying to figure out a way to move on. But Ted uh, is trying to move on in a different way. He has parent teacher conferences with Michelle, uh, which is like a throwback to my youth. Um and so he needs to skip the press conference. Rebecca says, of course, Ted, family first. Uh, and then Keeley has the genius idea to have Roy do it. I know he hates that stuff, but he's really good at it. Uh, Ted endorses the idea and says, look at you, heartbroken, but still kicking butt. Keeley says, I mean, I'm not heartbroken, I'm heart bent. And then Ted does his little country song, which is, you know, Probably the most Ted thing that's happened this season, Brandon. Would you like to do your rendition of it? Do you- I mean, I, I, I'm good. I know I'm probably Are the biggest sure? country fan on this episode here, but yeah. Heart bent in my apartment because all you left was your fart scent. There it is, Dan. Nice job. Proud of you. I, I, only, I only went in because I wanted to make the, the comment here that from a footballing perspective, it actually is a little uncommon that a assistant manager would be doing the press conference or press duties like that. That pretty much is exclusively reserved for the first team manager and typically is only not happening when that individual is sick or they are in an interim situation where they replace somebody suspended. Like there's very few instances in even a season where the second in command would take over and actually typically you would expect Beard to be the person to take it because he's kind of been Ted's number two all the time. However, I think we have to go back to last season. Roy is kind of media trained at this point because he was doing the, the the promo, the program shows. He was in studio. He know how he knows how to work with these people if he really wanted to. Which we know how that would go. Uh, the just even Rebecca talking to Roy about it. You know, she she went there to to try to convince him right and almost you know she is happy to kind of stick it in his ribs a little bit make his life a little harder because of what he did to her bff keelys so she tells him hey i need you to fill in for today's press conference for ted he said fuck no i mean why can't ted do it and then she keeps giving him stares right and he keeps changing <laughs> his answer he goes i mean i'd love to wonderful shall we mm, fuck as she walks away i heard that <laughs> And again, it's just the fun back and forth we get from those two uh, is, is just it's just nonstop. Right. It's just it, it's it's little. It's like an easy thing, but it adds up and it, it's fun. So it's it's Rebecca being not only the boss, but she's also like a big sister to him. And that's been very clear this season that she's been playing big sister role very, uh, very frequently because she wants him to sort of shit out. Um, and you know, I think it's a great role for her. She's been, uh, everybody's shoulder to lean on so far. So pivoting over to West Ham, we see that Jade has brought Nate lunch from guess where taste of Athens. That's right. Oh man. You're in the relationship. You can deviate. There's a lot of food spots. But she did it. It was for her, and it was economical because it was free on the condition she brought back some West Ham gear for the owner. So that's a pretty great little trade, Dan. Free lunch is free lunch. 
Okay, okay. So so maybe the situation should be when Nate is is mm-hmm. taking Jade out, it needs to be to places other than the Taste of Athens. We got AKA. we got to see them together in another restaurant in a different restaurant this season. Otherwise, Nate taking mad L's. You can't mad take else. her to a place of work. Can, can yeah. we get some paella? Can we get some curry? Can in we East go London? have a burger? Also, even yeah. like even like the most like unfriendly terms and conditions or economical contract for a manager in the Premier League, Nate would Nate would be making some some good money. Like real he, money, yeah. Uh, yeah frugal, Jade could just right? be focused on school. Like that, hey. that, that, that yeah. That, that, Again, he's frugal. Don't project on him. He's frugal, modest guy, Dan. It's all going into his crypto portfolio, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, well, well, then there, there's there that, would be, the problem. that would be the twist that none of us are ready for is that Nate's actually a big crypto guy. <laughs> and he's fucking broke. I mean, look, now. he does the spend a lot of time. He does spend a lot of time on Twitter throughout the, one, the season. The, so. one, the one place he takes risks is financially, obviously. <laughs> Uh, anyways, this little moment between Jade and Nate is uh, interrupted. Is Rupert? How do I put this? Slithered in? Is, is that <laughs> yes, appropriate? De- definitely. Uh, he goes. You got to. He, you got his afternoon kiss before I did. Thanks, weirdo. Hell like, of an intro there, buddy. Hi. Nope. Didn't get that. And so, anyways, Nate introduces Jade, uh, and Rupert just pulls out an all timer, right, and kind of goes back and forth. Oh, look, if he wasn't so brilliant, you'd be better than him. Uh, talks about, oh, he can, like, figure out where she is from. I mean, the whole part was just, like, you could see, like, we know exactly what was happening, Nick. But you all, you did kind of worry, like, all right, Jade, like, how are you picking up what he's putting down? Like, are you aware? Or is this kind of make, are you naive to it? She was not naive to it mm-hmm. at all. In fact, she uh, she stood there and absolutely delivered it right back. Uh, he said, Jade, what a beautiful name. Thank you. It's actually short for Jaded. My mother named me after her favorite aunt, but I don't care. I mean, this is that's a phenomenal line. Uh, but she's not impressed by him. She doesn't get intimidated by him or anything like that. And it it really was like, you know, at the end, after he had done his weird thing where he was kind of like judging them, uh <laughs> He says, Rupert says, it's wonderful to meet you, Jade. And Nate, mate, cool rhyming. Don't screw this up. And then Jade, as soon as he left, says, he seems very wealthy. (laughs) Uh, Jade Jade holds serve the entire time. Like, does not. Nate is obviously uncomfortable in the situation. Can't read Rupert effectively. Rupert knows exactly what he wants. And it's just, it's similar to the situation where, Rupert saw the car Nate was driving and was displeased with the projection or what the what the implication was because he doesn't want Nate to be broadcasting an image below what he expects West Ham, expects his club, expects his manager. He wants to manage the man, not just manage the team. Yeah, it's a power play for sure. Loves manipulating uh, pieces of that. So we see how this plays out because uh, this definitely develops a little bit later in the episode. Back to here at, we're back at, at Richmond's training ground press conference, absolutely off the rails. It is, the building is burning down because <laughs> Higgins gave Rebecca a little update that, uh, guess what? Beard is doing the press conference. Not, not, not our, not our boy. 
And it absolutely was hilarious. Actually, Nick, it, I don't know why they don't let beer do them all. I would too. Uh, if you're a West Wing fan, this is Josh Lyman from West Wing trying to take on the press corps. And it was absolutely fantastic. They start arguing like Rebecca basically walks into to a shitstorm. Like they're all arguing with each other, yelling and stuff like that. Beard's completely off the rails. But they're not talking about football, Dan. They are talking about rock guitarists because of course they are. Because why would Beard be any sort of normal? Again, so if you if you weren't aware of the names, so there is Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin. You know, so that was one reference there. And then you had Joe Walsh, Eagles. So you have a bit of an American slash yep. British situation. And so the fact that uh, Sarah makes a comment, one of the uh, reporters, don't shout out Lloyd. You said, I quote, Joe Walsh is better guitarist <laughs> than Jimmy Page. That's what you said. So Beard's not only getting the press room in a tizzy, but about to start an international incident involving potentially harming the great relationship between and special friendship between the UK and America over guitarist. Classic. Absolutely classic. More arguments continue. Beard is finally escorted out of the press room as Rebecca takes over. Uh, The press doesn't really want to talk about Richmond, though. They continue to press her on a favorite classic rock guitarist, and she's super flustered. And uh, pretty much evokes the season one, episode one, Ted vibes upon leaving the press room. Good little screen grab here, Nick, the side-by-side, identical. They both walk out and, like, kind of shake it off like they didn't know what just happened to them. Big exhale. Yeah, she was completely caught off guard, though. And Higgins even gets a couple of jabs at Otter. Uh, He says sorry from that, but then he quotes her, the guy from Cream, and she's all just, like, bright red. She said, yes, all right, don't start with me, Leslie. Uh, I panicked. I'm going to murder Roy Kent. <laughs> and that was her, uh, there was a thing. And then, you know, Higgins, voice of reason. Look, Roy not doing press is just Roy being Roy. And Rebecca hits him back. Well, I am sick of Roy being Roy. So it's time for Rebecca to be Rebecca. And whoa, did we get a little bit of Rebecca being Rebecca? Because uh, she absolutely goes careening into the uh, training room. Roy's trying to get the dudes uh, buff and, and ripped. He's pushing Jamie to go beyond his like kind of assignment. Uh, he says, we don't start counting until it hurts. That goes for all of you. And then, uh, and then Brandon, Rebecca decides that the training session is going to be over and that she's going to absolutely Roy Kent, Roy Kent. Pile driver came in, blast him with the, Oi, can't get your hairy ass into my office now. <laughs> Then now that that indicates what, what we're working with. And we're on a 10 out of 10 right now on the scale. Obviously, the players are laughing. And Dan, what the hell? <laughs> the, the response Roy's from response. Roy. Maybe the funniest moment in the entire episode. There, there were a lot of good ones to choose from. But his response of being the way he played hurt. And saying every single one of you knows my arse isn't hairy, yet none of you spoke up. And I will never forgive you <laughs> was incredible. Probably as good as his single version of performing a stage production of A Muppet's Christmas Carol by himself. Up there with that moment of, uh, of brilliance. Isaac then just follows it. 
he's right. We're cowards. <laughs> Honestly. Just absolutely dynamite scene. Love this scene. Well, I mean, it really just continues, though, from there, because uh, the the Roy Rebecca back and forth, um, I, I was surprised. I mean, he hit her with, what the fuck is your problem? I mean, he came in swinging to his boss's boss's boss, essentially, right? Like, I know they all have kind of this, like, casual relationship, but clearly she's not up for it and he leads with that i was i was shocked uh she goes sarcastic oh wait i know this one you are if i ask you to do a press conference do the fucking press conference he said okay shit i'm sorry i didn't realize it was a big deal she goes so you just didn't want to do it is that the plan for the rest of your life you're just gonna walk away from everything the second it isn't fun or easy what do you Hmm. want roy what do you really want and it was just like yeah, what do you hmm. want, Roy, you big dummy? I wonder what that was in reference to, though. Well, yeah, I mean, Keely vibes yeah. pretty aggressive there. She hits him with, uh, he said, I just want to be left alone. She's like, oh, bullshit. You want way more than that. You're so convinced you don't deserve anything good in your life. That you'd rather eat a bowl of shit soup and then complain about the portion. Get out of your own way, man, because this whole woe is me thing you've got going on is fucking ponderous. And first of all, Absolutely delightful scene. These two together are absolutely fantastic. Love them. But it was very reminiscent of of Roy giving her some tough love in uh, in season two, episode one, Dan, where he they were talking about the guy she was dating, and he was like, "You you you deserve better. You deserve to be to feel like you've been struck by lightning." And she was pretty proud of herself after this. She like she stared down the biggest bully in the in the class and absolutely nailed it. Yeah, it's look, it's two heavyweights getting in the ring and oh, going boy. blow for blow. And it, they don't appear in a lot of scenes together or scenes, particularly one on one. So this is almost a bit of a rarity in in Ted Lasso across the the past three seasons. But it, it delivered. And I actually think we're a lesser show for not getting a few more instances of them going one on one or having banter between the back of it back and forth because they're they're fantastic fantastic on screen together they're back and forth great but guess what we're gonna take a first ad break we'll be right back i promise so so much more so thank you the sponsors we'll be right back all right meanwhile as we get back into it colin is still feeling pretty uneasy about his interactions with isaac understandably and he heads to the only person who knows his plight trent crim ted makes dad jokes over facetime at the parent teach conference uh, but Colin's trying to have a serious conversation with Trent, asking him for some advice. Says, Isaac knows Trent, that's Ted's son, is failing science. <laughs> Scandal. How did he react? Colin says, not good. He won't talk to me. Trent says, give him a minute. You shouldn't have to, but some people need it. Don't forget, you've known you were gay for 20 years. Colin said, much longer than that. Once I was out of my mom, I never looked back. And I think just that subtle line there. Nick from Trent Krim saying you shouldn't have to, but some people need it was probably exactly what Colin needed to hear. Yeah. Trent, Trent ends up being the kind of guiding light for Colin in this episode because he is the only other person that we know of that's been through what Colin is now going through. And so, you know, the fact that they are able to continue their Amsterdam uh, friendship uh, together is, is really, really cool. And, you know, I think, Trent has been such a wonderful addition to the season, you know, more airtime and the fact that he's kind of a diamond dog now and stuff like that. It's just fantastic. But I like these two in 
their kind of interactions as well. It's it's great. Well, back over at West Ham, it's late and Nate is still hard at work when Rupert pops down unsolicited for a second time. We have barely seen him this season, so it's a bit odd, Dan. Yeah, getting getting two visits from the boss in a day doesn't always feel like a good thing. You know, I, I feel like Nate likes a little bit of the attention, likes the status, but also... They're top of the table, Dan. What, what could possibly be going wrong? Well, well... Funny you should ask, because Rupert asked the question. He says, I love when you're cocky, after which uh, Nate was said that they should play without a goalie just to give him a chance, which, I mean, I, I guess you, I guess the way you could get around that is put an outfield player uh, in a pair of gloves and let them masquerade as a goalie. <laughs> um, but it's it's like Nate feigning confidence yeah. around Rupert. Putting though, the, puffing up the chest, a little bravado, exactly. to just to try to endear himself. To Rupert because he's looking for that that father figure that affection and then uh Rupert hits him with the it was lovely to meet Kate um he knows it's Jade we know he knows it's Jade because also Jaded how would you not remember her yeah. name for forever and then uh you know Nate and you know shares that like look she really enjoyed meeting you and Rupert said nothing better than the love of a woman uh well I mean, I guess he should say women because yeah. he's found himself Plural, in love with multiple women and multiple occasions. Yeah, again, just Rupert doubling down. Uh, if we head to match day, um, they have the top of the table graphic. West Ham are there. So Nate is just swagging into the stadium. Absolutely loves it. But again, Rupert inserting himself invites him to a guy's night after the match, which Nate obviously said yes. I mean, you kind of have to, but... I think you start to see some cracks there. He's not really sure what's going on. Um, so uh, again, this this will continue to develop, which was which is really interesting for me. Back over to Richmond, they're gearing up for a difficult match against Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, they've now won seven in a row. May's Pub is so packed that she's serving beer and pint glasses. Oh, sorry, I mean champagne glasses. And champagne glasses because they're out of pint glasses. It's a good time to be a Greyhound because total football has made Lasso's Richmond talk of the league. And um, also another thing, we've we've been in pubs in London when they have run out of pint glasses. You're not getting in champagne glass, even though it is a nice little thematic. You're getting a compostable or plastic. You're getting you're getting half of the half of the pint. That's it's just not there. Um, yeah, no, no bar would be allowed to do that. No. They they take the measuring of the pint extremely 20 seriously. Ounces. Exactly, yeah, it's There's aggressive no deviation. Uh, yeah, it, it is aggressive. So uh, after getting officially broken up with, Keeley allows Higgins and Rebecca to shit on her, and Higgins, damn, Higgins is just really growing on me. One of my one of my all time favorite characters. So they're they're kind of shitting on Jack and Higgins leads the way, which was a bold strategy because he's had some uh, cringeworthy moments so far this season. Uh, This was one of them. Her handshake was way too firm. You know, I get it. You're friendly. Good riddance. (laughs) It's so it's so good, man, because he is the friendliest person on the planet. I get it. You're friendly. You know, Higgins to me is the the executive on the team who's probably liking some tweets accidentally that he shouldn't have like that. That is his level of competence within some of these things. He does not always read the room correctly. (laughs) 
No, which is great for us as we hang out and watch this happening. Uh, but the team is getting ready in the locker room and Colin tries to approach Isaac again. No luck. Again, not on good terms. So we get to the match. The first half is not going Richmond's way because they aren't on the same page. Colin tries to pass back to Isaac, and the ball is intercepted, and Brighton go up. Isaac loses his mind at Colin and has to be held back by Jamie and Sam. Isaac hasn't played well either. He's getting distracted, and the target of one of the fans in the stands with quite the loud mouth. Got a lot of camera time there, Nick, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, just uh, your classic asshole fan, uh, whoever casted that, really well done. And, uh, you know, it means that, you know, when when the whistle blows for half, they have to go back toward that fan, right? And you hear every sort of denigrating phrase coming out of this person's mouth, including, uh, as as they couched in the show, the other F word uh, that was said. And Isaac, as as our friends across the pond would say, sees the red mist, Dan. He goes absolutely berserk, flies into the stands, and... Uh, and has some words with this fan, just confronts him straight up. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's not uh, Indiana Pacers into the stands type of <laughs> mob atmosphere. Malice at the Palace, then? Come on. Yeah. Uh, I, I think in general, though, uh, A, this, this again, not something that would be very common in, in real football, though you have had situations where supporters and, and, uh, and players have been within arm's reach or potentially usually it's a fan doing something to a player, like throwing a bottle or a coin, um, or you, you know, racial abuse is not un uncommon for, for types of players, particularly in, in specific leagues. So like there, there are many instances of that, a uh, player going into the stands again, uh, very uncommon would absolutely be an immediate red card. Uh, so that, that, that tracks, uh, would be a massive fine would be a multi-game suspension. suspension the club sure. would likely be fined for not controlling the player, like a, a series of escalating problems that, that would occur. Um, but, uh, and where they are taking this from in, in Richmond with it being crystal palace's ground, which is very old, there still is a lot of proximity from the stands to the players where you very likely could hear that in some of the newer stadiums, you are potentially a little further away uh, and, you know, are so loud that it would be very hard probably to isolate one single individual. Uh, so like a lot of the, like the reality of this one, like fully tracks for me. And so uh, credit to the lasso team for putting together a very realistic uh, scenario. I'm just sad he didn't get Cantonade, Brandon. That's all. Oh, I was going to say, we've seen multiple times of players going to the stands. Eric Dyer, Cantona. Like, it it happens. Like, you hope not, right? But it it has happened. Uh, the players kind of have a back and forth. Ted opens up, says, what did that guy say? You know, what in the hell happened? He's like, what did that guy say? Obviously, it's inexcusable. But your reaction ain't going to be taught in any Tibetan monasteries anytime soon. You know what I'm saying? But, like, Ted kind of opens up the dog pile. Jan Moss is like, yeah, now we're Donna, man. Sam says, come on, man. We, it's nothing we haven't heard before. Jamie, yeah, it's just poopy. Ignore it, man. And then Isaac just is like, just, again, erupts at his teammates. He's like, what if one of us is gay, huh? What We shouldn't have to deal with this shit. And then storms off. Uh, Higgins, really unfortunate <laughs> here. I'm actually kind of surprised they put it in. I I am too. I I was like a little little dicey. Uh, Higgins makes the joke about his dad, but you know Isaac storms off, uh, and and you know I think the the room is now saying, is 
is he saying that about himself? You know, is and so they start to kind of banter this around, and Trent is kind of looking at Colin because this is like the closest uh, that it's probably come to to that sort of moment. And Jan Moss, of course, being the absolute uh, stat guy that he is, says statistically speaking, ten percent of the population is homosexual, so it's not that surprising. Beard then chimes in, so there's probably more people in this room who are gay. Everyone starts looking around, and Jamie goes, I'm flattered, which is a nice little moment. Uh, and then Sam, of course, is trying to be a leader in this moment, right? Isaac had given him the, the armband. We don't need to discuss this any further. Isaac just needs our support. And, Dan, that's when Colin decides, you know, because Isaac had protected him in in a in a moment that he needs to figure out a way to resolve this situation and it's been kind of thrust upon him right yeah and the way they chose to do this where you don't actually get to see him going through the act of actually saying these things to the team they keep it as the private moment which is you know what what happens right so in the same way that in the world of ted lasso anyone outside the team isn't aware of what's transpired we as a audience member are only aware because we know of the pre-context and the post-context. And so yeah. like a really like wonderful way of put, placing this together and like to flip us hard to the city you know, the conversation between Roy and Isaac and Roy again, like smashing it out of the park. Like I know you have it ordered differently here, but like the, the hard pivot was to Roy and Isaac going into the boot room and then going back to the events in the locker room kind of post, uh, you know, uh, Colin making the team aware about like his orientation. And so like, in, 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 like incredible way of constructing it, like just a, a masterclass and like not having to uh, tell you everything, but could like show you things. And then you as an audience member can infer a lot, Brandon. So like just in general, like very impressive to hit so many things right in this episode, I think particularly, um, you know, put, putting it up in, into the top tier, I think, of, of Ted Lasso episodes. I mean, that was the apex moment, right, Nick? I mean, that's kind of what everything had been building towards. Yeah, we knew it was going to happen. Just like how how they were going to deal with it is the question. And, and we get Ted at a very uh, fumbly best, you know, and he talks about... You know, his friend who grew up a Denver Broncos fan. I am a Denver Broncos fan, unfortunately. Uh, so this really hit home. But um, he said uh, he rooted, you know, D- Jason's making this reference because he's from Kansas City. He's like uh, rooted for the Denver Broncos in Kansas City when he shouldn't have been there. He should have been there to support him. But because he was a Chiefs fan, he just kind of let him do his thing. He didn't care that he was a Broncos fan. He just wasn't there for him to celebrate those uh, those back-to-back Super Bowls. And so... Colin says, coach, did you just compare being gay to being a Denver Broncos fan? And Ted says, you know what? I did, and I regret it. Yeah, sorry about that. Jamie, of course, who, what the fuck are Denver Broncos? Which is great. Said, uh, it, it's an American football reference. Absolute fumble in the situation. I apologize, blah, 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 blah. But Colin, we don't not care. We care very much. We care about who you are and what you must have been going through. From now on, you don't have to go through that all by yourself. All right. And then the team rallies around him which is absolutely fantastic. And Beard, you know, the, Ted's like, I hate to interrupt this really touching moment with work, but we, we got we to gotta get back to work. And Beard's like, we're playing a man down. What do we do differently? 
absolutely nothing. The players are like hyped at this point. It's very, very cool. Yeah, in that room. Uh, but Roy finding Isaac in the boot room, not so much. He's inconsolable, doesn't want Roy to yell at him, obviously. Uh, reminiscent of Roy doing the same to Keely in the finale of season one. And then Roy just sat down, talks with Isaac. He knows him. He, he's been in that situation as a player. Um, he made him captain. He can reason with him. And this is where, like, again, you get to see a, a really different side of Roy from from where we get to. And we get the answer why later, which is actually brilliant. Um, but he was just kind of putting it into perspective for him, right? Uh, he realized how much he fucked up. He didn't need his own advice. And that's kind of the aha moment, I think, at that point. Obviously, Will's in the boot room, so you can't let something good happen too long. <laughs> Dude, Will has been such good comic relief. And you in haven't season. even nominated him once. Not one time. No, and he won't be in this one either. Sorry, Will. Uh, you know, so Will's polishing boots and he's like trying to be the sage wisdom guy, Dan. He's like, He's right, you know, the little things we get mad at are snowflakes on a mountain. If we wait too long, we're Great one advice. sneeze away from an avalanche that will kill us all. Roy says, thank you. Will offers him some gum. Don't push it. Don't. You're not. We're not doing this right now. Not with Roy. Well, look, I mean, we get back to the football element of it. And before we get out back out onto the pitch, you have the back and forth with the armband. <laughs> and so you have Sam getting it. But Jamie thinking, oh, actually maybe you want to give that to me and and sam maybe uncharacteristically gives him the finger and says like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this thing um but you know going to play 45 minutes with a a man down is uh, never a good thing particularly when you're also trailing and then this is the bit in the beginning of this season right we talked about like reading into the trailer like what was going to happen when would sam become captain we hypothesize it would be due to some type of injury to Isaac or when he couldn't play. So uh, that's like a, a check mark on the board for us. We, we, we did divine that in some capacity it'd be because Isaac wasn't available, not because it was like inherited uh, uh, for another reason. But then Sam's like, I don't know what to say, which is like, yeah, it was fair. He's, he's, but he's like, uh, I don't know. And uh, I love you guys so much. And then Jamie just follows it up. Bam. One, two, three. I love you guys so much. <laughs> It's great. And, you know, it was, it was cool because, you know, Jamie has been more of a leader in this season. Brandon, we know that he's the one who's trying to, like, help the team play the football. He stepped up as a human, let alone a footballer. And it was it was awesome because then you you roll on to the second half. And of course, Richmond win. Honestly, I just want to take a moment on the double birds from Sam. Like, <laughs> don't gloss over that. So good. Great moment. Uh, yeah, so uh, on the way out for the second half, though, uh, Trent finds Colin and asks him if that was better or worse than Colin had imagined it. He said, second best way it could have gone, I think, best way being the entire team confesses that they're gay, too, and we get to be on the cover of Oprah's magazine. Trent takes a lovely look around the locker room. He knows how special this team is, and Ted is the reason why. He's basically every fan around the world in that moment, which is really cool. Um like I said, team gone, win the match because Colin has a um, two assists in the second half, leaves him with his heroics. Uh, the emotional release was palpable, and Colin is finally able to be his best self. Jamie tells him he loves him, and Sam mobs him. Uh, Arlo White on the comms, Nick. And again, it's kind of funny how they're playing off of everything. 
Yeah, Colin Hughes in a man-of-the-match performance. And then Chris Powell goes, wow, Hughes was sensational. Arlo, after being benched earlier this season for Zava, uh, he's back in the starting lineup. And today, the Welshman played like a man reborn. And I, I love the way that they phrase that, a man reborn, because... You know, you could argue that this is maybe the first moment of his life where he has been his, like, full self. And so it was a really nice moment. And then that was ruined on Soccer Saturday or Soccer, Saturday or Soccer Sunday, whatever it was. It was ruined. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it just the, – these guys, like, the old school mindset, you know, we get the back and forth, Jeff Selling and Richmond – and the former Richmond manager, George Kartrick – it's saying, oh, no, Jeff, Jeff, come on. You do not go into the stands. I don't care what was said. That is the line you do not cross, and that's why McAdoo wasn't captain when I was there because he's not fit for it. I mean, come on. He makes Roy Kent look like Bambi. <laughs> yeah. Eloquent. But then you get the pushback to the pub where the fans are, where you can get the real sentiment. And you get the guy absolutely deserted from Baz, Paul, absolutely, Jeremy, no doubt. And then May, I hope his kids <laughs> ship him in his sleep. And they look shocked. May, really? What? He used to come in here as a dick to my niece, Claire, uh, uh, once. Uh, and then, obviously, they were all uh, very much aligned with the the shipping. So, uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> some great things happen in pubs. Maybe not plotting of uh, potential shipping slash murdering, but, you know, the lead up to it was nice. Look, uh, you you go back to the the coach's locker room or the, the coach's office in the locker room, Brennan. They're celebrating with a little bit of libations. Ted knows he has a heck of a press conference to do here, right? And I think he's just getting a little liquid courage to face the uh, the rabid press. And Trent comes in. Ted, that's eight win- wins in a row. He looks at Trent and he goes, "Oh, come on now, Trent. You know I don't care about winning or losing." A little wry smile there. Now, the truth is, the only way I could be happier is if my arm, uh, all the way from my arm to my feet, were covered in barbecue sauce. Uh, and then they ask how they're feeling about the streak. And Roy goes, no way. Do not come near me with that shit. You never talk about a streak. My grandparents were happy, happily married for 51 years because they never said a fucking word to each other. Scram. And it's like a really playful moment between Trent and and Roy, which is good because they are now not mortal enemies anymore. And uh, and that's, that's a good thing. Uh, tell you what. I believe Roy. I bet that's true. My word. Anyways, after Higgins did his best DJ Khaled impression, he lets Ted know the press are ready for him, but the press don't get to talk to Ted. Instead, Roy takes this opportunity to make it up to Rebecca and heeds her advice. We get a moment that we won't soon forget on this podcast, the Roy Kent presser. And it's great. And it opens like any other presser would in the situation. Tell me about Isaac. What happened? Do you stand by what he did? And the way he delivers it, Dan, is is brilliant. It's absolutely perfect. It is not the Roy Kent I know and fell in love with. This is a different guy. Well, he's still Roy Kent, but he's a Roy Kent who's touching into the better parts of who he is. And he gets asked the first question of, does organization condone it? And <laughs> that gives you a very Roy answer. What a stupid fucking question. And then, like, of course we don't. Isaac what did it. He was awful. He was lucky he only got a red card. And then gets the follow-up question of why did he do it? And then he gets into the, when I was first coming up from Sunderland, there was an old-timer on the team, local guy. He and his wife were about to have their first kid. So during training one day, I made a joke. Statistically, I was probably the real dad. The boys fell over laughing, but he went fucking nuts. Battered me properly. I had a black eye, chipped tooth, three broken ribs. I couldn't play for six games. 
He got booted off the team. After that, no club would go near him. Then in the summer, after I could breathe again, I bumped into him in the pub, and I got the chance to say sorry for my stupid fucking joke, and he told me he and his wife had lost the baby a month before all that went down. And then the pan to Rebecca right mm-hmm. there, which is like, it was a tough little thing for her because I don't think she had known this part of Roy. Keep going. He hadn't told anyone. Kept it all inside. Look, I get that some people think they can buy a ticket. They've got the right to yell whatever abusive shit they want at footballers. But they're not just footballers. They're also people. And none of us know what is going on in each each other's lives. So for Isaac to do what he did today, even though it was wrong, I give him love. And for why he did what he did today, that's none of my fucking business. That's that's the Roy you know and love, Brandon. That is a new Roy that we're learning about, which is insane on this redemption arc. Roy uh, two cre- point whoa, clearly Coming back hot. on. Uh, Keely felt that too. She was in the room. She got a little bit teary eyed. She wanted him to be vulnerable, and he was. It just took uh, apparently a whole season of TV. So uh, we're going to take our last ad break. When we get back, more on Nate, speaking of redemption arc. So thank you to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, Nate, after another win for first place West Ham, they decided to head out. Getting boring, Nate. Make make it competitive. Should have played without the goalkeeper. Uh, Heads out to Bones and Honey for some time with Rupert instead of going out with the staff. He will come to regret that choice because when he finds Rupert, he's flirting with some beautiful women, to be fair. But it is clear that Rupert has taken this chance to make a man out of Nate. I was not ready for this, Nick. The response and even like a little bit of confidence he showed in this situation, mind-blowing. It's not who he is. That's who Rupert is. And it was it's pretty clear when they were going through the uh, the intro to Jade that her being a hostess at a restaurant was not the caliber of like professional that he thought that Nate should be with as a Premier League football manager. And so he was trying to hook him up with one of the models or actresses or whoever those those women were that he thought would be a little bit more appropriate, probably easier uh, for, for Nate to uh, sleep with and, and do the whole thing. And Nate just straight up said, nope, got to go. Rupert clearly didn't like that is going to think less of him. There's clearly going to be problems there uh, moving forward. Uh, but Nate goes straight to Jade's big hug. And that to me, Dan kind of signals that the guy is in love. He doesn't want to oh. be around other women, you know? No, I mean, it's been very obvious uh, again, seemingly the taste of Athens food. is not good. Like <laughs> from, from what we've been told or even the smell and like, look, or maybe a slime ball, but the guy probably knows good food. And, uh, you know, he, he did, he did indicate that maybe that it uh, did not smell so appetizing. So Nate head over heels in love trying to do what he wants to hear. And then I, you know, I think, uh, Nick, the actor, Nick Muhammad coming out on Twitter with some comments though, about like, it's still work of fiction. Cause I still get some mean tweets from people. <laughs> Uh, about a fictional character and what that character does. People do better than to tweet the actors about the fictional character that they play. For the love of God, figure it out. He shouldn't have to put out tweets uh, like this where he's like, uh, but to those demanding, I justify Nate's arc. Clearly a little tongue in cheek. Has he done enough to redeem himself? No. Does him saying no to Rupert offer hope? Yes. Yes. 
but I understand why so many of you are angry. I personally remain curious. Wink. <laughs> it's just good. I, I, I mean, Nick Muhammad's been awesome uh, as as an actor this season. You definitely see him growing as a character in the arc too. And uh, yeah, I uh, I hate that people uh, that actors have to go justify their fake characters. It's absolutely ridiculous. All for the engagement, the numbers. No, quite honestly. Uh, but we end the episode with Isaac going over to Colin to apologize. He goes to his house. Actually, he's confused why Colin didn't trust him, which probably confused Colin pretty aggressively. Isaac says, you lied to me for years. What is it about me that made you think you couldn't tell me? Colin says, no, it was nothing to do with you. It was about me. I was 99% sure that you'd support me, but the 1% chance that you wouldn't scared the shit out of me. Isaac says, I don't know how you did it. I can't keep a secret for shit. He goes, I know. (laughs) Another reason I didn't tell you. I mean, I hid it from people for years. And the second you find out, I didn't last a month as they both laugh. He says, I'm sorry, bro. Are you going to tell everyone now? I said, no, the team knows, and that's enough for me. And no one's going to say shit, I promise. That was uh, essentially Isaac saying he's going to defend him in case anyone gets oh, squirrely yeah. on the pitch. And they end the episode playing FIFA with Isaac asking him questions about <laughs> Colin being gay. Oh, I, it is perfect. It's good. It's a great ending, man. It's It's guys being guys, just being silly, Dan, and... I love that they ended with uh, Colin saying to Isaac, I love you, boyo. And then looks at him. He's like, you can't say it, can you? And Isaac's like, no, but you know I do. Like, And, and it's awesome. And then uh, Cola Bocchini, who plays Isaac, posted a great photo of him and, uh, and Billy Harris, who plays Colin, out on the town, maybe having a couple of cocktails, enjoying the day. So all's well that ends well, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. It's great, Dan. Hats off to the the actors, the writers, to uh, everyone involved with the episode. They did a fantastic job. And this might be one of the best episodes of the season. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, main theme time here. The truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Whether it was Colin coming out and Isaac dealing with it, or Roy discovering through Rebecca's tough love that he has been self-sabotaging, the truth sets these three free. But... First, it truly pissed them off, and Dr. Sharon is somewhere on FaceTime smiling. Honestly, the show has handled so many different topics, gentlemen. They've done it with class and grace, and this was no different. Bravo to the writers. Yeah. Massive, massive kudos to the writers for for this and so many other things. But I I manage our our Twitter account. The amount of people who are of the LGBTQ plus community that had such positive and affirming things to say about how this was handled was, was absolutely heartwarming to see. And, uh, again, I, these guys don't fucking miss on, on big, important things. So, um, kudos to the acting, kudos to the writing and the overall storyline. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Well, uh, we do have some questions. Is Ted Beck, why do you keep putting this in here? Did you just not update it until, until the day I die, I'm, I'm shipping these two. It's going to happen, guys. Like, they didn't even... They were, it's were not in on the right same now. room it, it, once this look, entire episode? No, they were when he delivered the biscuits. Yeah, um, once. That's yeah. my point. Like, did, you see the, did you see the smirk that she gave him on the way out, though? Yeah. Come on. Okay. Well, Keely... The, the smirk when he was singing about farts? <laughs> will Keely return to being herself? Early signs indicate yes. I think so. I, I think I think she's on her way back. And frankly, that's a character that's too fun to not have back at, at her best. And I, I hope that she is 
able to kind of like shed herself of the bullshit here. Yeah, I think the other question is, I guess, are we going to see Sam a few more times with the armband on? Because if if the show oh, yeah. were to follow the logical pattern of what happened with Isaac's red card, we, he probably should not be playing uh, the next three to five plus matches for the, the Greyhounds. And so it would be very likely that we would see a little bit more of Sam in the captain role. Maybe we see him with the pressure of being the captain with some of the political stances mm. that he's been taking his work, you know, life outside of work. I mean, there's a whole lot that could be happening for Sam. I think in the, the last couple of episodes here, that's a good shout. Yeah. Cause violent conduct, he would get at least three. Yeah. Minimum three. I mean, minimum should, three. Roy Keane. I, yeah. He got a very, very lengthy band. But, but they, they, yeah, they, they do, they do allow for the extension of those, like the, the, the Football Football Association FA, which oversees uh, you know yeah. all of the the tiers of soccer. Yeah, they may sure. they, they're able to enforce the rules. As they he see. didn't put his hands on him. To be fair, I mean, uh, yeah, he grabbed well, him. He didn't, he like, didn't, he didn't hammer him. Yeah, though. that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, yeah, he you made know what I'm saying. Physical contact, like that's yeah. Fault both sides. Anyways, will Nate quit West Ham because of Rupert Sick? That's the final kind of lingering question. Um, kind of felt like he was about to say something at. Milk and honey, or whatever it is, oats and honey, Bone, buns and honey, <laughs> honey <laughs> bunches <laughs> of oats, <laughs> spilled honey bunches of oats. Too, Hell of a too bar. swanky. I just knew it sounded like that. <laughs> um, all right, well, crown and anchor pub trivia, weird question observations from one Nick Verlaney. What do you have for the people here, Nick? What is the name? Question one What is the name of the Kansas City grocery store that Tev references in this episode? Very obscure reference, but uh, I appreciate it as a Kansas City resident. Uh, question number two As a Denver Broncos fan, also appreciated this one. Which Super Bowls did the Denver Broncos win back to back? Something that Jason's beloved Chiefs have never fucking done, by the way. Uh, so there you go. How about that? Enjoy that. Dan's Patriots can shut up for, for two seconds. Um, question number three, what is Ted's favorite thing about Sir Isaac Newton? Absolutely fantastic little quip in there. Uh, whilst Colin and Isaac are sharing a, a game of FIFA, uh, the answer to this question crops up. Who is the fittest guy on the team? Question mark. And then finally, uh, this is actually a branded observation. Uh, what is Jade's family nationality? So a little bit of a little bit of Brandon mixed well, into the old uh, I'm a crown name. Bit of an amateur nameologist, so it uh, really stuck out to me. <laughs> D- dialectologist? No, yeah. no, no. no. I, I have my own thing. Nameologist. Yeah. Yeah. I got it off of Udemy, <laughs> Udemy, whatever it is. Uh, winner, winner, football dinner. Who won the episode? <laughs> Big shouts for the guy who is reinventing himself, Roy fucking Cat. He's here. He's, he's there. Here. He's every fucking he's where, eating all the dinner because he won it hands down. Oh my God, his uh, his presser was absolutely fantastic. Obviously, Colin and Isaac are our runner-ups here. I think that Isaac had some phenomenal moments. Colin, obviously too. But yeah, Roy uh, tally on the board for him first in this one. season after being dominant in seasons one and two. First, finally gets one. First one, which is kind of surprising, but uh, de facto from him without a doubt. Even like I said, everybody, including Nate. Went from strength to strength in this episode. Keely, uh, Rebecca, uh, Ted. I mean, everybody just so, really had a strong episode. With the number of episodes left. Oh, gosh. Ted 
Ted and Rebecca, Ted at two, Rebecca at three. You have the ones with one, Roy, Nate, Jamie, Rupert, and Zava. Zava's unfortunately probably not going to come back and win this, but Roy and any of the ones with one would need to run the table to beat Rebecca. Ted would need to take two and two or three. Yeah, two out of the three with Rebecca not picking up another one. Uh, this this is going to come down to the wire, I think. I, I think this is going to be a tight run in um, at the top of the table. I think I think Rebecca's done winning this season. I think Ted has a really strong chance. I think someone like Jamie has a really strong chance at getting a second one. Maybe Roy goes on a run, but oh, you know, Nate. Nate would be the yeah, the dark horse for all of this. Is if he, you know, again, if he yeah. jettisons himself out of West Ham, you know, if he does something there, could pick up a win. You know, he stands up to Rupert. I mean, there's there's some possibilities there, but I I feel like obviously Rebecca's a favorite because she has the most on the board right now. Points on the board matter more than anything else, but it's gonna be tight. Well, as you mentioned, only a few more chances to round this one out. But that's going to be it for this episode of The Underdogs. As always, we ask you to connect with us at Pod Underdogs on social media. You can continue the chat there. You can drop your answers to the pub trivia. Would love that. And if you'd be so kind, as we asked earlier, take 15 seconds, leave us a five-star rating review, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It mean the world to us and help other lasso heads like yourself find us. So, hey, we're going to take a break. Enjoy the week because we will see you back on the next episode. <laughs>